Thank you for joining me today, you wonderful, wonderful people of God, God's beloved people, the family. Today, I want to talk to you about something so important, how to experience the Lord's presence in our spirit man at all times. What do we do to get there, to experience the presence of Jesus in our hearts continually? So thank you for joining me. Make sure to share this with friends because this teaching is so important and so needed. And wonderful Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' dear and wonderful name. And Lord, I pray today that you will speak to us through your word in a powerful way. And we will give you and we do give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Wonderful Heavenly Father. Wonderful Precious Jesus, to you be all the praise. Amen, amen. All right, so let's go to John 4, 24, the Gospel of John 4, 24. And I want to begin to help you understand something very important about experiencing the presence of God in your hearts. God is a spirit, the Lord said, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. God is spirit, and those who know him must know him in spirit. So not only those who worship him must worship him in spirit, but those who know him must know him in spirit. Those who walk with him must walk in spirit. Those who live in him must live in the spirit. So God is spirit because he dwells in our spirit, and our spirit is the same nature as God himself. And that's why it's impossible to know the presence of God outside our spirit man. So now, what must we do to bring that about? Let's go to chapter 12 of the same gospel, John. And I want to begin reading at verse 20 and show you a beautiful thing the Lord said. So, in verse 20 it says, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida, of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell the Lord, Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. He was talking about his crucifixion and resurrection. Verily, verily, I say unto you, a corn of wheat, except a corn of wheat, fall into the ground and die. It abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. What he was saying was powerful, that the life is in the seed, meaning our spirit. The shell around that seed must be broken before that life can come forth. What is the shell? The shell is the soul. The shell is the body. So in that shell, inside that shell is, is a treasure called the spirit. 
life. So he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Now, when they sow that seed in the ground, whatever seed it may be, the shell begins to break at the first touch of moisture. The second they, they put that seed in the ground for, any, for anything in the world. The second that seed goes in, whether it's corn or wheat or something else, the minute moisture touches it from the ground, it starts to break. And then the seed comes forth and the life comes through. And so the Lord said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, or except that grain of wheat fall into the, the ground and die, nothing happens till it dies. Once it is buried, but if it die, buried, it brings forth much fruit. He that loves his life will lose it. So, meaning if we don't allow the seed to be buried, we're going to lose our life. He that hates his life in this world, he that allows the soul and self to die, shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. So without dying to self, without allowing our soul and self to be buried, we cannot follow the Lord. If any man serve me, the, the only one who can serve me is he who, who allows that, that shell, that seed, to fall into the ground and die. And anyone who doesn't loves his life. Anyone who says, no, I love Jesus first, and I love him above all, and I reject my life or reject myself in this world, Jesus said he'll keep his life unto life eternal. Then he says, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Well, we, we cannot serve him or follow the Lord without that happening. And then he said this, and where I am, his presence, where my presence is, there shall also my servant be. So if we want to experience his presence, we have to let the shell break. The shell is, that, is the soul. And our spirit is clothed with our soul. And our soul is clothed with our body. It's a very hard shell around the seed or the spirit. And that seed is not, or that shell is not broken till it is buried, till it dies. So every work of discipline that God allows in our life, every work of discipline that the Holy Spirit brings about, in our life has one purpose, to break the shell. Because breaking self, breaking that shell, 
is what allows the life of our spirit to come forth. Because there is a treasure in us, in an earthen vessel, in our earthen vessel, there's a treasure. But nobody can see it. Nobody knows it's there till the shell starts to break. And the only way the shell breaks, death. Now, no one likes to talk about death, but the Christian life is about crucifixion, the crucified life. You know, when I got saved, that's all I heard about the crucified life. Today, it's hardly even mentioned. I think it's important for me to bring that to you again, to remind you. If you want to know the presence of God, there's only one way I know, and that is to make sure that self is denied on a daily basis. Self is broken on a daily basis. Self is crucified, basically, on a daily basis. And so the Lord said in Matthew 10, 37 through 39, he said, he that loves father, mother, more than me is not worthy of me. He that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Well, you know, how, how do I love and how do you love family? It's soulish. You know, we, we, we love the Lord in our spirit. And then our spirit, as we grow in the Lord, begins to take over the soulish realm begins to take over the physical world, too, we're in, meaning the body. But when we are born again, the, the spirit is, is almost unknown to most people until the new birth. Because before the new birth, that spirit man is dead. I mean, dead unto God. There's no life in it. That's what happened when Adam... Uh, fell, you know, when he when he sinned against God in the garden, he died. He died spiritually. He died unto God, you know. So, the anyone without Jesus today is dead unto God. In other words, there's no life in his spirit man. His spirit man is dead. The second you're born again, your spirit man becomes alive, quickened, and begins to live, to live a new life. Well, that life needs growth, and the food for that life is the Word of God. So when you feed your spirit man the Word, it begins to uh, overpower the soulish realm and overpower the physical realm, and now you're able to bring control to the soulish realm by crucifying it and the physical realm by controlling it. Now, the Lord said, he that loves father or mother more than me. Well, that means that the soul and that realm is very much still alive because it's emotional love for our family. Even though we may not think of it that way, it's not spiritual love, it's emotional love. Because think about unbelievers love their families too, and they have no life in their spirit. So worldly love, worldly love is not agape love, worldly love is soulish love, worldly love. And it's quite strong. People don't know the difference, you know? Like, how would, how would one know that it's not spiritual when they're dead spiritually? So when you are born again, suddenly you begin to love the Lord with your spirit man. 
And that's why it says, having not seen him, yet we love him. How? Because the Holy Spirit now dwells in our spirit man, and he pours that love in our spirit man. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, uh, in our spirit, by the Holy Spirit. So now we begin to love the Lord in our spirit man, and that eventually will overpower anything else in the soul and the body. So those who love father, mother, uh, more than the Lord are, are those who love in, in the soul, in the soulish, in the physical, because there's no love for the Lord in the spirit. And so the Lord said, uh, if you love father, mother, son, daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. So what's the answer to that? The answer is uh, you have to take your cross and follow the Lord. Because he says, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. So who's, who's not worthy? Of, of, of the Lord. Well, the one who is not following the Lord uh, and carrying his cross, because he says, not worthy of me twice, in verse 37, 38, where you put them together. So when, I, when my soul, uh, that shell, is dead and starts to break, then my love for the Lord overpowers all other loves. And now I love him way more than I could love my family. I love him way more than I can love my children. And that love takes over in my life. My family is still there in a different chamber of the heart. The Lord wasn't saying hate them. The Lord wasn't saying stop loving them. The Lord says, no, I must be first. How? Spirit, the spirit of man is, is alive now and I love him with all my being. And so thou shalt love the Lord thy God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. It begins, though, with the heart. It begins with the spirit. And then I'm able to follow the Lord. I'm able, able to carry my cross and follow him. And I'm able to find my life, uh, because now I find it in a, in, a, in, a, in a real way. I find it in Jesus. So, but if I find it in, this, in, the, in the flesh, I lose it. So he that finds his life will lose it. And here, soulish life is what the Lord means. He that loses his life for my sake will find it. Well, I lose my life, meaning living for myself, or living for my family, or living for my future, not living for the Lord. So once I live for the Lord, I find my true life in him. All right, so now, uh, so God allows trials and troubles in our life for one reason, to break the soul, to break the self. So every trial and every trouble are for our highest good. And our highest good is our brokenness. And when I say our brokenness, I do mean what? The soul, the body. And that's in Romans 8:28. All things work for good to them who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. And that's what it really means. It means my highest good comes from my brokenness. And that's why God allows trials to bring about my brokenness. So rejoice when trials come. Rejoice when troubles come because they bring about the brokenness of the soul, the brokenness of the flesh and the denial of self. Now, the reason people, some people, 
uh, don't want that. And, and look, nobody's going to finish right until they do that. Nobody's going to finish strong in the Lord unless they allow that to happen in their life. Death to self. Death to the flesh, to the things of self, you know. You have to deny yourself. And that's daily. It's a daily walk with the Lord. It's a daily saying no to the, to, to the flesh. And the only way I know that you do that, and the Lord gave, gave that so, so beautifully in, in uh, uh, John 12, because they, they, they said, I want to see Jesus. Well, how, how, will you see, how will you see Jesus till that shell is broken? And the shell breaks, people of God, as we wait upon the Lord. I'm going to say it again. The, the only way I found is for the Lord to take over my life is when I surrender, when I wait upon him to quicken me. Because I can't really follow him till he touches me. I can't even call on him till he touches me. So brokenness comes when the Lord quickens us as we wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord are those who will break in his presence. A contrite heart, O Lord, you'll not despise. So waiting up upon the Lord, waiting in his presence will eventually bring brokenness. This is where we, we become pliable. This is where now we're, we're completely surrendered to the Lord. Now, some people don't want the discipline of the cross which happens by waiting upon the Lord, because waiting, you know, crucifies self. And the, and the reason God waits before he quickens us is the longer we wait, the more of self remains. The longer we wait, this is where brokenness begins and self begins to break and be denied, and now crucifixion takes place. The flesh begins to be crucified as we wait upon the Lord. And that's why David said, wait, I say, wait upon the Lord. Waiting is in tremendous power in waiting, way more than people realize. In quietness and confidence will be your strength, Isaiah writes. Well, that quietness is waiting upon the Lord. It's that, you know, we, we all know Psalm 91, you know. So it's, it's that glorious place. He that dwelleth, he that waits, he that dwelleth in that secret place, he that abides, he that waits, will, 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 will see the presence of the Lord. So if, if you really want to experience God's presence in your spirit, man, there's only one way I know. And there's only one way the Bible talks about, death to self. So, but there are people who say, no, I don't want to, you know, uh, see that in my life. Well, the, the reason they said is, is, is because uh, they really cannot see the hand of God in it. They say, ah, you know, I don't see the reasons for it. Well, that's the only way God will touch us. The Bible God, uh, says God dwells with, the, with one of a broken heart and reveals himself to the one of a broken heart in, in, in Isaiah. And that is the working of Calvary. The working of Calvary is breaking us, breaking self. The breaking of the outward man, the outward self, is the experience 
of all who really want to serve the Lord and walk with the Lord. And this must happen before God can do anything or will do anything. And this must happen before we can be effective in the Lord's kingdom. Because the breaking of that shell, the breaking of self brings the presence of Jesus. The breaking of self brings the presence of the Lord. And that cannot happen without the cross. So in Matthew 16, for example, and verse 24, because see, when I begin to deny self, I come to the cross. Because Jesus denied self on the cross. Remember in Gethsemane, he said, not my will but thine be done. And what did he say on the cross? Into your hands, into your hands I commit my spirit. Complete surrender to the Lord, even on the cross. In in Matthew uh, uh, 16 and 24, the Lord said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There is no way I can follow the Lord or you can follow the Lord and know his presence until I do just what he said. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and then follow me. So his presence cannot be experienced without the cross. The cross is the only pathway into the presence of God. The cross is the only pathway to the power of God, to the authority of God. And only through the cross can our service to the Lord be, be, be uh, accepted? Hallelujah. So this truth is seen throughout the Bible. Self-sacrifice brings victory. Self-saving brings defeat. So when I allow brokenness, I bring victory. There's victory. The Lord will cause victory to come. When I want to save myself, self-saving, you know, defeat. And, and think about this. Satan is always offering people a crossless life. The devil knows the part of the cross. And so he came to the Lord, for example, and, and he said, listen, you don't have to go to the cross. Just worship me. I'll give you everything anyways. And the Lord said, get, get, get behind me, devil. And then he came through Peter. Not you, Lord. Remember in Matthew? Not you, Lord. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. And this is after Peter said, you're the Christ. He, he went from saying, you're the Christ, the Son of God, to no, 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 Lord, not you. You're not going to go to the cross. And begins to rebuke the Lord, imagine, for talking about the cross. There are people today who rebuke you if you talk about the cross. They don't even want to mention it. No, the cross is the only pathway to victory and power. There's no other way. It's the pathway to the presence of the Lord Jesus himself and serving the Lord Jesus. And Satan comes the third time to the Lord and says, while the Lord hung on the cross, he said, you know, if you're really God's son, come off that cross. So three times the Lord off, uh, Satan offers the Lord a crossless life, three times. 
the Lord has offered across our life. Because the devil doesn't give up. And the devil knows when they get to that cross, I cannot touch them. When they're on that cross, I cannot touch them. Because the cross is our safety. Please hear my heart. The cross is our safety, sweet people. And there's not one way for the Lord and you know, another way for you and me. The, the, the enemy will, will offer us a crossless life over and over and over and over. And just like Jesus will say, get behind me, devil. Because we know the cross is the throne of heaven. This is where all the power and authority of God is. When we allow the cross to do its work in us, that's when God's power, God's presence, God's glory begins to manifest in our life. And we're all told that we are to share in the death of Jesus. So I'm going to continue talking tomorrow because I really believe God wants all of you to come to that place daily where you say yes, Lord, and no to self. Daily denying self. Now, Lord, bring them into that understanding. Come on, stretch your hands and let's believe God. Bring them into that place of knowing and understanding your blessed will and blessed word. For you told us if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and follow me. Now, Lord, without that, we cannot know you or your sweet presence in our life. That, that, that shell must die. It must be buried, like you said in John 12. Now, Lord, bring them to that place, experience true life in you. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, victory. In Jesus' holy name. And peace beyond anything they've known. In your holy name. Amen and amen. Don't forget to join me tomorrow because there's a lot more I want to talk to you about. There's just so much about this in the, in the Bible. And I'm going to show you what that really means. When you come to that place of pure surrender. What it does. What it does will amaze you. Totally amaze you. So don't miss tomorrow, please. Tell your friends to join us, will you? Now it's time to give to the Lord's work because giving guarantees our financial protection not only today but tomorrow and even beyond tomorrow. When you give, you declare your love for the Lord, but more than that, when you give, God declares your protection and guarantees your protection because the giver in Psalm 112 was declared righteous and the giver was blessed and the giver was used to bring destruction to the enemy it says the enemy saw him and the enemy was grieved and melted away melting away means destruction so our gift our every time we sow seed God uses that seed to defeat the enemy. Won't you want to see the enemy defeated in your life and the lives of others? 
every time you give, you declare who you are in the Lord. You, you declare not only that you are his, but your possessions are his. Lord, all I am and all I have is yours. So when people give their heart to Jesus, everything else belongs to Jesus. Anyone who cannot give to the Lord of their finances has just shown they have not really given him everything. So people can say, well, my heart belongs to the Lord. If your heart belongs to him, then everything else belongs to him. And you know that. Come on, please, you're God's sweet people. But I'm, I may be talking to someone who doesn't know that. And it's not about giving. It's about Jesus. When Jesus is in your life, giving is easy and it's a pleasure. When Jesus is not in someone's life, they just don't give. So those who love him today, I know you'll give. Go ahead and sow your seed so God can protect and bless you tomorrow. Father, bless them in Jesus' wonderful name. Prosper them. Touch them. And everything they touch, I pray, will prosper in 2022. Amen. Okay, you can give on the platform you're watching me on, or you can go to our website, benin.org, or simply text BHM45777 and tell your friends about our YouTube channel. It's really growing tremendously. And thank you for helping with its growth. All right, you can go ahead and sow your seed, and much love. I'll see you tomorrow. Powerful teaching tomorrow.